guys, welcome to uh, episode five, I believe, of the Bull Hunting Soul Podcast. Uh, my name is Emma Ward. Thanks for uh, for tuning in again. Uh, last episode, I know we talked about uh, traditional archery and how the heck does one get started in traditional archery? There's so much out there um, as far as uh, you know equipment and um, you know people's opinions on what what you really need and what you don't really need. And I went through that kind of at a basic kind of like 101 level. Um, I think I talked about, you know, what bow to get and, you know, whether you should be getting a tab or a glove or, you know, some arrows and things like that. In this episode, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want to get a little bit deeper into uh, each one of these things and kind of like, you know, consider this as like a, a you know, entry level, like 201 level, right? Not necessarily... Um, not not necessarily the uh, uh, you know the graduate class kind of thing, but anyway. So some of the things I want to talk about here um, when we get into archery of any kind, really, but we're going to focus on traditional, is are several things. I'm going to kind of uh, highlight them really quick here, and then we can kind of go in depth uh, in in depth in each one. Uh, one of them is going to be what is my draw length? How do I know what my draw length is or what it should be? I'm using air quotes. And should there be an optimum, um, you know, draw length or not? How do I know if I'm too long, too short? Um, arrows. We kind of touched on arrows in the last episode a little bit. But when you get into shooting, people are going to be like, okay, well, have you tried aluminum? Have you tried wood? You know, some people think that to get like the true traditional uh, experience, you should be shooting wood arrows. Um, you know, what, what, are the, what, are the, what are the cons? What are the pros for, for your aluminum, wood, carbon, that kind of stuff? Uh, and when I do decide to get whatever um, whatever arrows I want, and after I've, I've been shooting for a while, maybe, let's say this one, uh, how do I find the correct spine? You know, let's say I've been shooting for a while and I, and I get, uh, you know, my form down somewhat and then you're at the point where, um, you know, may, maybe the proper spine and the proper tip weight and everything like that is going to help you progress a little bit further than the very, very entry-level stages. How do I find a correct spine? Should I be worried about uh, front of center, FOC? I hear, keep hearing about FOC all the time. Um, you know, everyone keeps making jokes about, you know, like fucked up, extra fucked up, that kind of stuff. Um, extremely fucked up. You know, those are kind of like inside jokes, but, uh, you know, really, realistically, what is FOC and should I really be worrying about it with that? Uh, should I worry about bear shaft tuning? And what is bear shaft tuning exactly? And, and, and where does that fit in into... Uh, the grand scheme of me learning how to shoot. Um, another big one, obviously, is you know after you've kind of been shooting for a while, this this might come to you naturally, and it might not. But um, what what aiming method should I should I use? And heaven forbid you use the word aim for some people. Uh, whether you should be aiming at all, you know, whether you do like purely purely instinctive or, uh, you know, do you actually aim or do you use, do you use what we call like a gap method or a split vision method or, you know, purely instinctive or gun barreling down the, you know, down the arrow, uh, things like that. Um, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get into to some of this and, and I'm not really going to get into, um, some of my thoughts on, what the old curmudgeons, the crusty curmudgeons in, in traditional, the trad police uh, might have to say about some of this stuff. 
I will get into another podcast about that. I'm still trying to formulate uh, how to do that in a, in, a, in a positive way, not in, 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 a, in a negative kind of ranting sounding way. Um, that might be a podcast coming down the road. But um, everything we're going to talk about today is basically uh, how to shoot the bow and in various you know, methods that are out there for you to try, for you to try and feel comfortable with. And uh, not feel embarrassed about, you know, asking questions, you know, whether, you know, you, you know, heaven forbid you should actually aim this thing or, you know, whether you are truly, you know, truly instinctive. And then, um, and then after that, we are going to talk about, um, you know, where to get some more advanced training, whether it's uh, podcasts out there or training courses that are out there, uh, coaches, um, you know, coaches that are out there and things like that. So anyway... So I guess we can, uh, you know, we can kind of jump into this thing. The first thing, like I said, I wanted to talk about is uh, draw length. Now, draw length, I'm going to say right off the bat, the draw length that you start off with when you shoot may not be the draw length that you actually end up with. Um, and a lot of these things are going to be kind of circular. I know I'm kind of going these in order because I just wanted them, bu- you know, bullet pointed kind of thing. But... Um, we're, it, it's kind of like, a, um, oh, I, I don't even know what you call uh, what you call that, but like, you, you know, you do something and then you refine it and then you come back to the basics again and then you refine that and then something changes and then you refine that and then you, you just keep, it's, it's like a circular kind of improvement um, kind, kind of thing, right? So when you, so I, I'm going to apologize ahead of time if I kind of jump back to, you know, if, if we start talking about, for example, uh, down, you know, aiming down the line or, or, or things like that, or uh, coaching down the line. And if you, you know, do one thing or you go get a coach and then they tell, you know, they, they, they kind of fine tune your form. Well, your, you know, draw length might change, for example. But just to start out, just to start out, um, and again, here's the caveat. I am not a coach. I am not an archery coach. Uh, there are dedicated coaches, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later, who will tell you and show you and work with you exactly how your form should be, exactly what muscles um, should be engaged, exactly you know where your your shoulder position should be. But just to st- and I can't do that over over a podcast, and and I probably can't do that uh, as far as in a professional capacity. Even if I'm like one on one with someone, I can kind of look at someone and be like, okay, I think you're doing this, or I think you're doing that. But I, I'm I'm certainly not like um, like an actual archery coach. So I'm gonna say that right off the bat. I'm not trying to pretend to be one. And I'm not saying that my way to do things is the absolute perfect way to do things. It's just kind of how if, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, man, can you give me some pointers? Th- these are the kind of things that, that, that I would, uh, you know, set, send them down the road with or at least, at least try and practice with. So, okay, so draw length. Um, first of all, draw length is going to be dependent on obviously your, your, your wingspan, your arm span, right? Um, but that's also going to be dependent on how your upper body is as far as like, you know, if, if you're upright, if you're hunched over, if you're slouching, if, you know, how your shoulders are. Um, typically, obviously, you know, we grab the bow and we hold the bow at arm's length, right? I'm not talking about the actual draw here because there are different ways to draw the bow uh, to be easier on your, uh, on your joints, on your shoulders and, and, and that sort of thing. And again, this is what a proper coach, an archery coach will do so that uh, it's, it's, it's better for you uh, physically, physiologically, long-term, right? So we can keep shooting these bows that we love. 
However, when we have, we're gonna we're gonna get close. So obviously, you've got the bow, you've got the bow at arm's length, and we are drawing the bow, right? We draw the bow back, and typically, um, there, there's all kinds of rules of thumb out there. If you're coming from a from a, from a compound, people are gonna say, well. Uh, you typically lose about a half inch or so, or maybe half inch to an inch when going from a compound to a traditional bow. Now, I don't know that that's true all the time because sometimes, depending on what kind of release you used with the compound, the release is kind of long. So when you're drawing back, um, the release is taking up some of the, let, let's say your, 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 your draw arm, okay, your string arm, elbow is back and, and you're at anchor. The release, you know, like where your hand is, let's say, and where like your index finger is, your release, the actual calipers of the release might be like more forward than that, than what you're used to. So you may actually gain um, some, some draw length when you go to a recurve. So don't necessarily take any of that for gospel. You're going to hear that a lot. If you go on, on forums and things, people will say, well, you're probably going to lose about a half inch, inch. Some, some people even claim like two inches. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna draw back. And we're going to anchor, okay? And what anchor means is, well, it's just just like that. I mean, if you're brand new to archery, uh, well, if you've been shooting compounds, you know what anchor is, right? You come back and you, you've got some sort of um, physical point on your face, uh, on your jaw, on a corner of your mouth, whatever that you lock your hand into. Um, so you should be kind of familiar with that. Well, for those brand new to archery, well, that's kind of what it is, except you don't have a mechanical release. You have your um, you have your fingers. Now, I'm not going to get into three three under shooting versus split finger shooting right now. That can we can do that just uh, in a little bit down the line here. But um, when you draw back, you at first when 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 we're learning to shoot, when we're drawing back, I don't think it's all that important right now to get the uh, absolute perfect. Um, uh, a draw length. Now, some people are going to shake their heads to say that, no, 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 you need to get it right. Again, we're, this is like an entry level, like one-on-one kind of thing. You're, you're right now, you're learning how to properly come back to a comfortable position that is repeatable, that is repeatable on your face so that we're always coming back to the same spot, to the same draw length every single time. Remember with a, with a traditional bow, you don't have cam stops. You don't have draw stops, right? With a compound, we pull it back and, and boom, we're in, we're in the, you know, in, into the back wall and you can't draw the bow any more than that. It always comes back to the exact same draw length. With a traditional bow, I mean, you can creep forward. You can be like 27 inches one time. You can be like 20, not 30 inches another time. And that has a tremendous, I mean, just even like a half an inch has, it has a big difference on, or big impact on uh, how that how much energy is put into that arrow and how that arrow reacts, how fast it goes, uh, how it reacts dynamically when it comes off the string. So um, impacts the, the point of impact will be different. The arrow flight will be different. Um, so we always want to come back to the exact same spot. Now, typically, a lot of people, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of people will pick uh, their index finger, okay, their pointer finger, to the corner of their mouth. Okay. Now, um, some people want to feel something a little more solid because depending on how your head position is, if your head's cocked one way or not cocked another way, that can change. Um, and if you actually put, you know, your finger to the corner of your mouth, well, you know, 
that, that's that's flesh, right? And skin, it's kind of like you, you can move it around a little bit. Can't move it around that much. Some people kind of put it hard into there and they feel their, uh, like their canine, what they call their eye tooth, you know, which is basically like your canine is pretty much the tooth, your canine, like below, you know, the, if you were like the, the, the plane of your eye, basically. So you're probably going to just anchor there for now. Now, some people draw farther back. Some people draw farther back and they anchor a little bit higher up on their face and they uh, do their, uh, like, like, like their jawbone, for example, or a little bit higher, uh, higher up on the face and they do their, just the, the, the hard um, uh, eye socket, you know, right, right below your eye, the, the hard bone below, you know, below your eye socket. Um, I would suggest you basically just, just start pulling right back to your um, corner of your mouth. That's repeatable, it's comfortable, um, you can, you know, you, you can change down the line if you want to, but to get started, that's a perfect spot. Now, how do we know if we're not drawing, that we're drawing too far? Well, just like with a compound, okay, if you know when you draw too far with a compound, you almost feel like your chest is expanding and you're almost, uh, kind of, um, it feels like you're opening like your your shoulders like farther farther apart right i mean it feels like you're you're stretching the bow and stretching the arrow like across your chest almost that it kind of like teeters on it that's definitely too far you'll know that um it's a little too short okay your draw length isn't quite long enough if you don't you know really reach your face and your you know your head position um let's say is looking like dead straight at the target instead of you know instead of at an angle to the target a little bit um if it's dead straight and you're pulling this arrow like straight back to you you know i mean like straight back to you and it's not going to the corner of your mouth it's kind of like approaching the front of your mouth well you're probably not uh pulling as far as as you should be and this is goes back to uh draw weight that we were talking about earlier start with the lighter draw weight because the lighter the draw weight it is uh, the easier it is for you to find these different spots on your face and kind of hold there for you know for a little bit, and 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 feel comfortable holding at these at, at these spots. So we've drawn the bow, um, and the way we properly execute a shot after we're at anchor, right? We've got a solid bow arm. Uh, our 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 bow arm, our, our bow shoulders drop just a tad. Um, Longbow guys will have their arm bent a little bit. I don't shoot a longbow, so I can't comment on that. But on most recurves, um, I feel like I'm, you know, my, my, my bow arm feels better. My elbow feels better when it's locked straight. I don't have like a bend or curve in it, and I don't have like a curve in my wrist. And my hand um, the, naturally has a cant to it, okay, like a little... Um, uh, like, like bend to it, right? So if you were to hold a stick in your hand, right, other than a bow, let's say if it's just like a, you know, like a, you know, like a rat, like a, um, a wrapping paper cardboard tube, right? Or a broomstick, hold it out, hold it out at arm's length. It's probably not going to be like dead straight up and down. It's probably going to be when you, when you relax your wrist and you, and you're kind of making that fist around it, the, it's probably going to be, I don't know, like 12.30 and 6.30 position or maybe like 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock position. It's going to be canted a little bit. The top limb is going to be canted inboard towards you. That's fine. Uh, we're not talking about pure Olympic style shooting here where it's got to be like dead straight vertical. Uh, but you don't also have to be um, hunched over 
sideways and doubled over and you know have the bow completely horizontal either but just whatever feels natural okay uh is the way that's kind of best worked for me because otherwise you're 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 fighting you you've got you've got already you already have these these different inputs that your brain's trying to understand okay you've got muscles firing you've got you know you you've got the string you've got this um uh you know your your elbows pulled back and your shoulders are pulled back and uh, you know, your, your visual cues that you're taking in are, are kind of foreign to you because you're not used to seeing the sight picture, uh, and you're holding all this weight back at the same time. There's a lot to take in. So the more natural position that your body can be in and your arm can be in, I feel personally that it works uh, best for me to be in the most uh, comfortable position. Now, the way you grip the bow, again, a lot... A lot depends on personal preference. When you're first starting, I would definitely defer you to the coaches who say, you know, grab it with a gentle grip, um, just like any other you know, um, bow. I don't think that I've never been able to one to, sh to be able to shoot a compound even with like a wrist sling, right? I mean, you're supposed to be able to just just kind of hold that and brace it against, uh, you know, your uh, your lifeline or whatever through the palm of your hand, and you know, at the at the shot, you're not even supposed to like, you know. Uh, clinch the bow, right? The bow is just supposed to kind of fall out of your hand and, and your wrist your wrist is supposed to catch it. I've never been able to do that. I'm sorry. I catch the bow. I grab the bow. Um, and I shoot just fine. I kind of do the same thing uh, with my recurves, but I actually grip my recurves more. I like being able to have a firm uh, grip on that and knowing that I'm not torquing something. Again, coaches are going to cringe. They're going to say, no, you're teaching people wrong. Well, again, I'm not teaching you anything. I'm just saying the way I shoot. Now, I like the firm grip. A lot of people will tell you to just be a little more, uh, not, not, I don't have a death grip on this thing, but it's probably firmer than what a lot of people do. And that's fine. When you're first learning to shoot, understand that you know, a death grip, you're going to probably, you're probably going to torque the bow if you don't know that you're torquing the bow. For me, for my grip, I have it firm enough that I, I take the torque out of it and then, so I grip it tight so that it will not torque in my hand. There's a bit of a difference. But if you're first starting out, you know, don't have it so gentle that this thing like flies out of your hand and falls to the ground as, as you shoot, you know. But it's, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, analogies they give, you know, pretend you're holding a bird, you know, firm enough that it won't fly away, but not so firm that you're going to like squeeze it and kill it, you know. I don't know. I think you need to be a little more firmer than that. But hold on to the bow. But don't do the death grip because when you do the death grip and you don't know the force and you're not used to the forces that are coming in, into your hand and, and you can't really judge, am I torquing it, am I not, am I putting some sort of input, you probably are. So be a little more gentle with it than, say, you know, th than I would be, for example. So uh, we've got a relatively firm grip. We've got a nice, strong uh, bow shoulder uh, dropped a little bit. You know, your, your bow arm is, uh, shoulders dropped just a little bit. And you're pulling, uh, you're pulling that weight, you know, straight into your skeletal structure, right? Now, with our draw hand, with our bow hand, or uh, sorry, with our string hand, rather, we're at anchor. We're holding at anchor, and it's and it's at the corner of our mouth. Again, that's just a good place to start. You can do your index finger. You can do your middle finger. It depends. Peep, uh, peep. Some people will like will split the two. Um, just pick one. Just do one. And see what you like. See what you like better. Once we're at full draw, okay, now I'm not going to get into clickers just yet because clickers come in uh, down the line a little bit. 
And clickers are important to me because they keep me honest. Okay, I'm not uh, honest enough to shoot the exact same draw length every single time. And even with a clicker, by the way, um, if I were to shoot 100 shots, I probably hit the clicker about 70 of those, 75 of those if I'm lucky, if I'm being dead honest here. So anyway, we're coming back, we're at anchor, and then from after that, from anchor, well, we've got our expansion phase, right? Now, there are kind of like two ways to, to shoot. Some people say, you know, you expand through the shot by, um, you know, by, by rotating your draw arm uh, around so that it's, it almost feels like, like if you were to like squeeze a ball between your shoulder blades. Um, that's, that's something that has to be taught, and it's really something that has to be taught by a coach because it's very difficult to, to, to explain, it feels like when I do that, for example, and I try, it took me a long, long time. When I was first learning to do that and I didn't have a coach, uh, it, 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 it almost feels like you're trying to like pull apart the bow. And like I said, with, with like having too long of a draw length, it feels like you're kind of drawing the thing and, and, and almost like teetering it across your chest. Okay. And that, that's, that's, the wrong, that's the wrong way to do it. You're trying to rotate, you're trying to expand, you're trying to rotate that draw arm, that draw arm shoulder, so that it, it, it comes around. We're not pulling straight, you know, we're, 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 we're pulling with our elbow. We're, I'm sorry, I'm say that again. We're pulling with our back muscles, okay? But a lot of people will try and pull straight back uh, with, you know, with their elbow and make it go straight. And that's, that's going to make you pluck the string. And plucking the string is a not a clean release, so that's not necessarily a good thing. So anyway, that is an expansion, uh, an expansion type release, meaning we're at anchor, and then the next, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a quarter inch, maybe it's a half inch, maybe it's less than that, I don't know, that you're, you're going from your full draw to expansion and then release. And the expansion is really um, to... It's not necessarily to add any draw length. It's not necessarily to add any speed. It's so that you always have a consistent release while you are slowly adding pressure to the bow at a constant rate. And then the release is cleaner. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You're not, you know, you're saying, well, if I'm at, if I'm at a 28-inch draw, then, and you're asking me to, you know, let the thing go at like, say, 29 and a half, or, or 28 and a half, why don't I just have a 28 and a half inch draw? Well, again, because the idea behind this is you draw the 28 and then the next, you know, quarter inch, half inch or whatever is that you have this, this, uh, expansion of, 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 of pulling back of a certain, you know, how am I, how am I saying this? I'm saying this wrong. You're having, you're having, you're expanding the draw a little bit to load up your fingers at a constant rate so that the release is nice and clean every single time. The opposite of shooting this way is called a dead release, okay, or a static release, so that you would come to full draw and you'd hold at the corner of your mouth or, or wherever it is that you're anchoring, and then you're not expanding and you just relax your fingers, okay? That is a static release. That can work too. Some people who are good enough to do, you know, do both. Sometimes it works for me. It doesn't always work for me. Um, I like back tension. I like being able to pull through the shot and then my clicker goes off and then boom. This is why a clicker is very, very important because sometimes I'm like, man, am I not expanding? Am I actually collapsing? 
And the expansion part, again, is to prevent you from collapsing, okay? The release off your fingers is, is tremendously important. That's what we're trying to get is a nice, nice, clean release. So two types, like I said, static and, you know, uh, back tension. So I think most coaches would probably teach back tension as the best way to do it, and they'd probably put a clicker on your bow, and good for them because I have one, and I absolutely love it. And by the way, for anybody that's, that's considering clickers, you know, no, they don't get tangled up in brush. No, they don't get ripped off. No, they don't really get in the way. Um, you know, it, it, it really just keeps you honest. It keeps me honest. I'm, and, and, you know, you need to learn how to shoot with one because I've actually ripped the clicker off of my, my bow like three, you know, at least three times before I finally like, okay, I'm going to learn how to shoot it with this thing because it gets frustrating after a while. But it's not the clicker's fault. It's your fault. So... Anyway, getting back to the release. So now we've got, um, we've, we've got two types of releases, uh, the back tension and then the static. And I guess I, I should really mention how, how this thing releases off of, uh, off of our fingers, okay? For those coming into, into this, uh, I, I see questions sometimes on, on different forums and things like that about how, you know, how they can like fling their fingers out of the way and how fast they should be doing it. Let me tell you this. You cannot fling your fingers open fast enough to get out of the way of the, to get them out of the way of the string. And this is the most difficult part of having a nice clean release. Okay. You've got a lot of tension on you, on the end of your fingertips. You cannot, it's physically impossible to open your fingers fast enough to not to, to to not have any kind of tension on and it just just let it go dead straight okay the way we release the string is we we relax the grip on our fingers we relax the tension on our fingers and then the string with all that tension on it cuz we're pulling back all that poundage basically just flings our fingers out of the way or pushes our fingers out of the way and it and it goes about its its business now this introduces uh, some certain um, certain phenomena uh, one of which is um, inducing or helping to induce um, Archer's Paradox, okay, because it's rolling off of our fingers and it's kicking the string one way and it's kicking the back of the arrow knock one way, um, which starts to initiate the paradox, which means it, it goes, it curves around the riser of the bow. Um, this is only a phenomenon in uh, traditional shooting, but that's, that's another whole, uh, that, that's another whole like deeper topic. But, Again, you cannot release the, the string fast enough. that You can't just fling your fingers open. So, again, the back tension and the constant pulling is really, really important because you're pulling with that, and then you're at, at the point where you're going to release, whether it's a clicker or whether you know, you know you're good enough on your draw length to release at the same point every time, you're relaxing your grip. But you're not trying to fling it open. Okay? The less you try to fling it open, and I know people try to do it because they try to get like a really clean release, the more you're trying to fling it open, the more you're going to um, uh, uh, pluck the string. Okay? Let the string do its job. It's, it, it's, it's really good at pushing your fingers out of the way at the right rate, the way it's supposed to be. All you need to do is relax your grip. And it's, uh, that's probably one of the hardest things in archery, um, in archery to learn. So uh, that really didn't answer the question of how do I know what is my proper draw length? Well... That's something that you're going to have to come to. I know, you know, with uh, uh, 
you know, a lot of archery shops will have like the, the wingspan, you know, measurement kind of thing. And they'll say, okay, well, you're, you're about this, you're about that. And with compounds, they get you pretty close within a half inch, you know, with a traditional bow, you have the, again, you have the extra added, um, uh, piece of, of like expansion. Okay. If you're using back tension, um, you have the added, uh, you know, complications of, you know, maybe trying to anchor different points on your face. And the more, your the more the more the more your experience the more fine-tuned your your draw length is going to be when i was first started shooting i was actually shooting i got up to like a 30 inch draw okay and i could shoot 30 inch draw but i found that when i got to that point it was harder for me to go from that 30 inch and then expand and let go and because i because i do shoot you know I, i do shoot with back tension and trying to expand through the draw I found that it was a lot harder to do that. So my draw length kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Now, there is a range in there, and I don't know. I, don't, I haven't talked to any coaches. I haven't talked to any you know, experts about that. I don't know if there is actually just like one, this should be your draw length. Um, I don't think there is. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think there is. I think there is a range where you feel comfortable. I can tell you, mine right now is like 27 and a half to 27 and three quarter. I can tell you that if I were to go shoot a 29 inch bow, I could shoot a 29 inch bow, but I would not be, or draw it to 29, but I would not be able to shoot a 20, shoot a 29 when um, consistently, repeatedly at all angles, shooting downward, shooting upward, you know, contorted positions. Um, I also don't want to shoot too short, right? A lot of people will shoot, you know, too short but what i've kind of whittled mine down to is that this draw length works for me when i'm upright it works for me when i'm shooting down from a tree stand it works for me when i'm hunched over on my knees or one knee or um whatever i can come to anchor it's a very good anchor i don't feel like i'm over expanding across my chest and from my anchor i only have to you know expand a little bit more and then my clicker goes off um, I feel like it, what, whatever my physiology is or my muscles are, I feel like it's all, it's easier for me to, um, expand from say 27 and a half, 27 and three quarter and expand and shoot every single time. Maybe the, maybe it's just the, the, the positioning of the muscles or, um, the leverage that my muscles have in that exact position. If I were to pull the 29, let's say, and then try to expand, I probably wouldn't get a, uh, as consistently to my clicker every single time because um, I'm having to pull, like, let's say, too far, and I'm not able to hold that in proper tension and continue uh, back tension and, and pull through the shot as consistently. So your draw length will change. Um, it's almost inevitable. Um, it might grow. It might get less. Mine got a whole lot less. So that's something you have to, uh, you have to contend with. This is another uh, one of the reasons why you should be doing a lot of shooting uh, and not necessarily with absolutely most perfectly matched arrows because if your draw length uh, shortens, well, like mine did, well, your poundage is going to go down. You know, I was shooting those four, I have 40, 40 pound bows. I was shooting those 40 pound bows at like 43 to 45 pounds, some of them. Now they're like 39 and a half because I've gone the other way. So you have to have arrows that are, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it changes enough that the spine range that you're in doesn't work. So, um, 
so let's move on to arrows since we're talking about arrows. Um, carbon, aluminum, wood. I'm just going to say right off the bat, there's no reason why anybody should start off with anything other than carbon right now. If you, I, I think most people will agree that just starting off on wood arrows is probably not a great idea. Wood arrows, I know wood arrow fans, they say, you know, that they're tough, um, you know, that they hold up well, that they're, they're definitely more quiet than anything else, uh, nostalgia, all that stuff. And if you want to go down the wood arrow path, you know, further in your traditional journey, that's fine. I don't think it's a good idea to start with that because I think you have less tuning options. I think you have, uh, as far as being able to do like inserts and tips and, and, and whatnot, you don't just like screw things on and off. A lot of them are glued on, although you can glue on adapters and then you can screw things on and off on the ends. Um, I, I, I would just stay away from wood um, and then go down that road should you feel, you know, nostalgic or, 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 or want to try something new down the road. I haven't been bitten by, by the wood, wood arrow bug yet, but maybe down the road, who knows. The next two are carbon and aluminum, right? Well, aluminum used to be like cheaper than carbon arrows. And aluminum, aluminum's got a couple things going. One is dead straight, right? But the straightness of an arrow, honestly, I mean, honestly, it, 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 it's a marketing ploy a lot of times when they talk about the straightness, like one thousandth or three thousandths or six thousandths straightness. Honestly, I think you could be like 10, 12 thousandths off and then it's not, I mean, for most people, at traditional bow ranges, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference. Okay, straight is good, but it's completely overrated. Don't don't fall for the the, the marketing gimmickry. Another good thing about uh, aluminum then is the ability to cut them easy. You can cut them with a tubing cutter. So if you're going to do your own inserts and fletchings and things like that or knocks, uh, cut them to size. You can do it with a tubing cutter. You don't need like a high speed cutoff saw. Um, but the the benefit of aluminum is also used to be that they were a lot cheaper. Well, nowadays, they're not, okay? You can look at a lot of uh, aluminum arrows, and they don't make a ton of them. I mean, they do, but um, you're probably going to find carbon arrows way more uh, uh, in way more places in, in, in much bigger variety than you are aluminum. The aluminum fans are going to scream bloody murder about that, but let's be honest. I mean, carbon's everywhere. Now, the one benefit of aluminum is that if, uh, like, aluminum will bend, okay? That's a negative, but it'll never blow up on you. Okay, uh, with a carbon arrow, if you have impacts, certain impacts, and if it's like splintered the carbon or if it's starting to crack, uh, you could blow the thing up. And when I mean blow up, I mean like catastrophically blow up. And then there's, you can look online of pictures of people with shards of, uh, you know, half an arrow that like impales them through their, through their uh, palm or the arm, you know, the bow arm or whatever. Um, it's bad stuff. That's why in, all, in, in every single one of those, uh, arrows, carbon arrows, it'll always say like flex first, you know, and, you, and, you, and you're flexing it after, you should be really doing it after every time you shoot them, but um, honestly, most people don't, but, they, but you, you have to do it if it has an impact with another arrow, or if it hits something solid, or if it slaps another arrow, um, gets hit by another arrow, gets nicked by a field, you know, field point or um, uh, broadhead or something like that, and then you can hear, you can, you're, you're, you're trying to listen for like a crack, like a splinter. If you hear it, throw it away. Okay, it's not worth a trip to the hospital. However, they're incredibly tough. They're not going to bend like, like aluminum will. And as long as you're careful about uh, your arrows and don't, you know, nick them and, and make sure you flex them and test them and everything like that, they're fine. Now, 
Carbon arrows need to be cut with a high-speed whiz wheel or high-speed cutoff saw. Um, they, have, they make arrow saws. Uh, you might have seen them at your you know, archer, archery shop. A lot of guys will cut them at home. Uh, do not cut them with like a regular hacksaw. Okay, they need, it needs to be a high-speed cutoff wheel, like a Dremel or something like that. And then they sell tools where you can like square up the ends. Uh, that's definitely you know the, the the safest the safest way to do it. Don't don't cut them with anything other than a high-speed high-speed cutoff uh, um, cutoff wheel. Um, so carbon's got a lot of variety. You can you can get them anywhere. You can order them online. You can get them in most. Uh, you, can, you can even get them at Walmart sometimes. You know. Um, and they're all, they're all decent enough for you to learn on when, when you're, when you're learning. And honestly, they're not much more if, or, or if any more than an, an aluminum arrow, the whole, you know, aluminum's cheaper kind of thing what, has gone away in the last few years. They're about the same price. So just shoot carbon. If you want to shoot aluminum, that's fine. No big deal. But carbon, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of variety that's going to, that's going to work out for you. So um, other than having to take them somewhere to get them cut, if you don't have the proper saw, carbon's the way to go. So how do I find the correct spine? Uh, I, I kind of poo-pooed the, um, uh, the, the spine charts that, that are online, whether it's like, you know, uh, Easton has one or Three Rivers, which I think uses the Easton one. There's another, there's, there, there's other few like online calculators. I'm not a big fan of those things. Um, they're okay to get started with, I think, because... Anything, in my opinion, is okay to get started with because you're just trying to learn uh, form and it really doesn't matter how they fly. But when you're getting a little bit better, you need those things to be tuned uh, a little bit better. And quite honestly, I hate referring people to, uh, you know, internet and internet, um, internet professors, let's say. But I got to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do know what the hell they're talking about because they have the experience and they've, and they've tried different things. And when I try to tell people on these exact same forums, I'm like, hey, look, I shoot X bow, I shoot X draw length, I shoot X poundage, and here's what works for me. This spine, this tip weight, this insert weight, this is what works for me. Um, I typically tend to shoot a little bit weaker spine, it seems like, than, than, uh, than a lot of people. So for... For example, for my um, for my, uh, my 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 fifty nine Kodiak, I shoot a um, well. See, that's a that's a high FOC arrow build. But anyway, I've got I've got one that works really well. It's a five hundred spine, and it's got the thirty and a quarter inches. It's got a hundred grain brass insert, and I'm shooting two hundred twenty five grain field tips out of there. That seems to work great for me. Again, this is out of like a forty pound bow. Uh, some guys will be able to make a 600 spine, which is a weaker spine arrow work out of there. Some guys will be able to make a 400 spine, which is a stiffer arrow work for them. Now, you will get to a point where um, some people will say, well, you know, I'm shooting uh, you know, 400 spine with a 125 grain tip out of like a 45 pound bow. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Unless that bow is completely cut past center shot, you're not shooting that. It, it, you, there, there's something missing in your tuning. There's no way I'd have to see it to believe it, but I'm going to call, uh, I'm going to call BS and say that your, that your bow and your arrow is not tuned. You think it is, and it's masked, masked with fletching, but if you were to bear shaft that stuff, uh, I think it's way too stiff. 
So, but you don't know that you don't, you don't know to look out for those kind of like red flags when, when you, when you read that kind of stuff, if you don't really know. So honestly, the best advice I could give you is go search through a lot of topics, go search through a lot of forums because these have been asked before and try to, you know, try to extrapolate the best data that you can and just take, you know, your, your best guess. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I don't know about, you know, bows under, you know, 40 pounds, like the 30, 35 pound bows. I know, um, you know, probably like a 700 spine arrow is probably going to be good there, but I don't shoot anything that light. Like 40 is the lightest I shoot. And I've got 600 spine arrows, uh, for one bow for my Kodiak Magnum. That's also 40 pound. And, um, my, uh, my 59 Kodiak needs 500 spine. I just, I, I know that from, from, from testing and tuning. So, uh, a lot of places will sell, uh, test kits where they'll have like two or three arrows of, of various spines. And then they'll sell test kits of uh, different point weights where you can kind of screw on and, 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 and bear shaft and try what to see what flies better. But again, you got to be good enough to bear shaft for, that, for the whole bear shafting experiment to be, to be worth a damn. So um, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have any more, you know, exactly like here, go to this, go to this chart and do this. Uh, it's, you're, you're, you're just going to have to kind of figure that part of it out by asking a lot of people who have actually shot these things and who actually, um, <clears throat> bear shaft their equipment. They actually bear shaft all the stuff because the bear shaft will tell you what the arrow itself really wants to do. The fletching's only on the back to correct certain things. It's not there to massively correct it, uh, a, a really, you know, poorly tuned arrow. It will do that, but that's it's you're asking a lot of, of those, and it's and it's it, it's not a efficient bow, it's not a quiet bow. Um, you really got to talk to the people who seem to know what they're doing and who bear shaft, uh, who who bear shaft their stuff and can 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 send you down a much better a much better road. I'm gonna say you know I, I'm, I'll, I'll give general general um, guidelines here. You know, 40 pound bow, you can be shooting, you know, like a 30, 30 inch, um, 600 spine arrow with, you know, 150 to 175 up front. Okay. And these are all assuming about 28 inches or so, 27, 28, somewhere around there. You may be a little less, you may be 50 greens more. I don't know. Uh, you know, 45 pound bow, you're, you could still probably be shooting like a lighter tip weight, 600, um, with, uh, or 500 with, with a lot, you know, heavier tip weight, you know, above 50, you know, 50 pound bows, you're probably still in the 500, 500 spine range, you know, 30, 31 inch arrow, 29, 30, let's say inch arrow, 30 and a half. That's kind of, kind of where I'm at. And, you know, again, 150 to 175 tip weight. And, uh, once you're into the 55, you know, 53, 55, somewhere around there, probably you're in a 400 spine arrow with, again, uh, I, I like heavier tip weight. I think they fly a little bit better. So, you know, 150, 175 ish, uh, is a good place to start. Those are just general, general, general guidelines. I don't have an exact, uh, exact chart to send you to. I wish I did, but this is part of, this is part of the fun of traditional archery for me is tuning all the stuff and getting the absolute, uh, most out of my equipment that I can and getting better at it 
and, and, and continuing to fine tune. And then, like I said, something changes, my form changes, my draw length changes, and all that stuff, all the perfect stuff that I had set up, my perfect arrow with the perfect tip weight, with the perfect build, well, now all of a sudden either flies too stiff or flies uh, too weak or needs a change of knock point or, or whatever. And you kind of go through the whole rigmarole over again. But that's, uh, again, that's just a little more advanced. Okay, so should I worry about FOC? No. No. When you're at, at this level that we're talking about, don't worry about front of center. The more front of center, the easier it will be for the, for, for the, for the back to follow the front of the arrow and for it to correct. Uh, FOC does amazing things, but FOC can also have some negative drawbacks. I'm not going to get into the FOC thing right now. I like FOC, but I don't necessarily end up chasing it. Um, I end up with high FOC because I like the trajectory of the arrows that I have at the length of arrows that I have, and I end up putting the weight up front and tuning my arrow uh, to, to, to not be too weak by shortening it, shortening it, shortening it, and then getting the trajectory that I like. That's all. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. We can tune in. We can we can dive into FOC at a later date. But no, at this point, don't worry about it. At this point, all you really want to know is how well I can get my arrows to fly and how consistently um, I can get them to fly. Okay. Should I worry about bare shaft tuning? Yes. If you've got to the point where you think you can consistently shoot shoot something, what's probably going to prove to you whether you are or you aren't at the level that you should be bear shaft tuning is actually just shooting a bear shaft or two downrange. Okay. You may find you may be totally erratic. One time it's like super knock high. One time it's super lock low, left, right, whatever. And if you can't tune that out in a session, let's say, you know, maybe after 10 minutes or whatever, um, then I wouldn't worry about bear shaft just right now. You're probably not ready for it. You don't have a good enough release. You're probably torquing the bow. You're plucking something. You're, uh, you know, the bow's rocking you know, back in your hand or up in your hand or side to side. Um, that can that, that has a the slightest little bit has a huge effect on how your bear shaft flies. But if you're getting a consistent, uh, consistent reading all the time, that means you're probably doing everything else consistently. And yes, then bear shafting will tell you, yeah, man, maybe I need to lower my knock point. Or yeah, this thing is like super stiff. Or, man, this thing is like super, super weak. And then from there, you can say, okay, well, do I want to worry about tip weight? Do I want to go up and down a tip weight? Or do I want to, you know, change to another arrow? That's a whole other level of tuning. Uh, not necessarily going to get into that in, in, in this one. Um, I only put it as a bullet point here for, the, for discussion is should I worry about bear shaft tuning? Uh, again, this is like the, the, the 201 level, right? So, yes, if you're at this point... Uh, this will verify to you whether A, you are good enough to bear shaft tune, and B, if your arrows are, how your arrows compare um, in, in, in rea what, what, you know, what, what the, the bare bones arrow really wants to do, okay? You'd be amazed at how much fletching covers up. Um, just amazing. You can have a completely out of tune, uh, completely out of tune arrow, and then you, and you, you, you know, you bear shaft tune it, you're like, oh my God, this thing is like, or you bear shaft shoot it, and it's like completely doing wackadoo stuff. You put some fletchings on there, and then you'd never even know the difference. Now, some people are going to say, "Well, why the hell should I bear shaft tune? Because I'm not shooting bear shafts. I'm shooting, you know, fletched, fletched arrows." Well, a couple of reasons. One, it's not as efficient. 
uh, you're losing efficiency in the arrow because the, the fletchings are trying to correct it. And B, it's the right damn thing to do. Your stuff should be flying right because, well, it should be flying right. It's the proper thing to do. Um, your, your, your fletchings are only there to, cor to do minor corrections and to correct, let's say, a broadhead, which may want a plane up front um, to counteract that. Other than that, no, you really should, you know, you really should have a proper flying arrow because it's, it's, it's just going to be quieter, it's going to be more efficient, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fly better, it's going um, to, the, the fletchings will have an easier time and a quicker time correcting, that, uh, correcting the, the, the flight of that sooner out of your bow. So yes, you should be, you should be doing that. All right, now last one we're going to talk about is aiming methods. Um, this is a tricky one because there are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of gloss over some of this stuff. There are probably, I'm going to say, three different methods, three main methods. One is purely instinctive, where people say, look at a point you want to shoot. It's like throwing a baseball. Look at the point you want to shoot. Concentrate only on that exact point and just start lobbing. Just, just, I mean, everything else has to, has to be right. Your form has to be right. Your release has to be perfect. Your draw has to be perfect every single time and repeatable. Excuse me, but for those, yeah, instinctive, but it takes, a, I don't know, maybe some guys it takes very little time to learn. I've learned it. Um, for me, I'm actually the, the third style here, which I'm going to talk about, but um, instinctive is really, really hard to do. And a lot of guys that say they're instinctive really aren't instinctive. They're actually seeing the sight picture, they're seeing the arrow, they're seeing, you know, the tip of the arrow and kind of using it as a gauge, whether they're consciously doing it or not. Uh, the second method is um, called the gap method, meaning you are using the tip of your arrow and the gap between the tip of your arrow and the actual point you want to shoot. And that gap is going to be different. At close range, the tip of the arrow is going to be like way down low, okay? Let's say your bullseye is, you know, uh, you know, dead straight in front of you and, uh, you know, you're at 10 yards. Uh, yeah, let's say you're at 10 yards um, and you draw back and you're actually using the tip of your arrow to gauge, you know, your left, right, up, down. Well, the down, you're going to be actually down maybe like, I don't know, 18 inches maybe, two feet. In some cases, you're like down below the target. Because depending on how fast your bow is, how light your arrows are, the trajectory of everything, the poundage. But uh, typically when you're up close, you have a huge gap. Now, there is a point where you, you know, kind of walk back. And again, depending on the speed and trajectory of your arrow, you're going to have what's called a point on distance, meaning... Like in a compound, right, let's say you set your 20-yard pin at 20 yards. You put your pin on the dot at 20 yards, and it hits exactly at 20 yards. Well, we don't have a pin. We have one pin, but you can kind of think of it as like a movable, a movable pin, right, um, on, on a traditional bow. So when you draw back, you see the pin, and at some distance, whether, you know, whether it's 20 yards, whether it's like 48 yards, where the tip of the arrow, if you put the tip of the arrow exactly on the point you want to shoot, that's where it's going to hit, okay? So on one of my bows, it is um, it's, uh, 25 yards, okay? So at 25 yards, and if I know if I'm exactly 25 yards, if I put the tip of the arrow on, on the target exactly where I want it to hit, it's going to hit there. At, say... 40 yards, I'm going to have to have the tip of that arrow at some distance above the point where I want to hit, 
and at like 15 yards, the tip of the arrow is going to be a whole bunch below below where I want to hit. Okay, that's gap. Now, some people have an exact measurement for that. I can't do that. Okay, a lot of uh, really good you know barebow shooters and things like that they will they will use that um, method of aiming, and it's it, it's incredibly accurate. It's incredibly accurate, but for me, for me, it doesn't work. For you, it might work. I don't know. I, I find it a little more more confusing, too much to think about, uh, to be absolutely exact. A blend of those things is, you can call it, people call it gap instinctive or feels good gap or feels good sight picture. And that's kind of what I do. A lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the spot, but I'm cognizant of the, the arrow tip that's like floating, usually, you know, below the target because I don't really shoot far. I shoot, you know, 20 and under usually. Um, and I'm taking in the whole sight picture. If, if, if you were to take away the tip of the arrow and, and everything else out of there and just have me focus on the one spot, I don't know that I'd be able to do it very well. I do notice that um, when I have, for example, a faster arrow, if I'm shooting lighter arrows, um, that the gap for me at close range actually gets... Um, Get, get gets a lot longer, okay? It, it gets, uh, um, there, there's more gap, and it actually throws me off. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm, I'm kind of conditioned, my brain's conditioned to have a certain gap, a certain trajectory, and I like that. You change it up too much from that, and it kind of really throws me off. So um, repetitive shooting really instills the, the, the path of that arrow into your brain. So, some people are against uh, shooting, you know, using that. I'm again, I'm I'm gonna do that in the in in the the trad police podcast. I'm not gonna go too deep into it here. You can aim with whatever the hell you want to do. You can put you can put a uh, a sight on a bow. A lot of guys will say, well, you can't put a sight on a, on a trad bow. Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, you don't know your archery history because there's you go back to the 30s, 40s. You go back even farther than that, and guys had you know elevated rests and sights and sight pins and slider sights and all, all sorts of stuff on their, on their, uh, they didn't call them traditional bows back then. They were just bows. Okay. So you can use, you can use anything you want. You can use, uh, you know, you, you can use markings on your, uh, on your riser, for example, like graduated markings on your riser. You can use, uh, the arrow, you can use your knuckle, you can, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, I'm not going to suggest one method or the other because there's so many different different ways to do it. Um, I originally started trying to do gap, and then just by repetitive shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting, I've kind of morphed into the gap instinctive or feels good sight picture. Um, but all that stuff has to be, and it's very quick for me. It's very quick, and again, I'm shooting. I'm trying to shoot. I'm not trying to like you know hit a pinprick, um, like an Olympic or competitive archer. I'm trying to do you know, every time I got this into like a fist size, uh, you know, a fist size area, 20 yards and in every single time vitals. That's all I'm trying to do. And for me, the split vision or the, the, the gap stinctive feels good gap thing actually works best for me. Now, um, that's kind of all I really want to talk about right now, because I want to send you guys to, uh, to, another site slash podcast or a couple other places. And this kind of goes in with, with coaching. 
where can I find out more about this stuff? I haven't done any videos on split vision or gap or anything like that. I probably will. But um, the probably number one method, okay, as far as like sighting goes, they talk about a lot of stuff, is I'm sure you guys all listen to The Push, The Push Podcast. Those guys are great. They're fantastic. Go watch The Push, the, mo- the show, the movie, okay, the video, on YouTube. It's like almost two hours long or an hour and a, it's, it, it, it's a long video. But I mean, it has quickly become like the definitive video about traditional archery for those who know nothing about traditional archery. The push, the name, the push came from, you know, you just, uh, I, I don't want to put words in uh, Tim and Matt's mouths here, but um, it's from the push someone needs, a little bit extra nudge, you know, someone sitting on the fence, whether they want to pick up a trad bow or not, this is the push they need to get them to come on over to the side and just try it. They go through everything. They go through different bows. They go through shooting styles. Um, the majority of the video was focused on um, on, on aiming and uh, on a method called fixed crawl, okay, which is another method of uh, shortening your gaps. And I'm not going to go into that. Go watch that. Go listen to them. And another, uh, go listen to that podcast, by the way, and I'm sure you guys all already do. Um, another couple podcasts out there that is, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, not podcasts, but another couple of resources that are out there really good is also through the push. They've uh, started their PAC, the Push Archery Center of Knowledge. And, uh, you know, they have uh, Tom Clum Sr., who was like a level four uh, archery coach, which is extremely hard to uh, hard level to get to um he's teaching the the actual like physiology and like structure uh physical structure bone structure um of of how to shoot a bow properly and then uh, joel turner also has a course over there which is also like the mental game of having the absolute most perfect shot process every single time and to not shoot a perfect arrow unless unless you're going to shoot a perfect arrow don't shoot the arrow kind of that that i'm 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 this is I'm wrapping it up in a, in a very, very quick nutshell here, but um, anyone who's ever taken those courses, like re- I, I don't think I've ever heard one negative comment about either one of those guys and how it hasn't been a revelation in, in how well they shoot, whether they're a beginner or the, whether they've been doing this for you know 20 years. Um, I haven't taken the courses yet. I want to. Um, I think it's beneficial for anybody because anything I've ever read or heard about, it's just just raving about it, right? So go check them out. Um, so, some other videos out there, and I know, that, I know there's a bunch, but go look at uh, on, on YouTube. There's a guy named Jimmy Blackman, uh, Jimmy B-L-A-C-K-M-O-N. Uh, he's got some really, really good videos out there as well. Go check out his channel. Really good. There's uh, uh, another, I believe he's also a level four coach called Arnie Moe, M-O-E. Go check him out. He's got some really good stuff. Um, and if you wanted to order some, uh, some, some videos, I know they're kind of, you know, we're all like in a YouTube, you know, world kind of thing, but, um, where some old bow hunters with different styles will show you like how they shoot is, is a series called masters of the bear bow. Okay. And I think there's like one, two, three, four, and five. And I think everyone suggests like three and five, I think are like the best ones. I think I've never seen them, but. Go check those out. Those are, you know, more than just, you know, um, 
well, they, they, they go through everything. They go, they go through various ways to shoot a bow, how they shoot a bow, whether it's instinctive or um, they've got this method or that method. So you've got resources out there. You can also reach out to, you know, if you have a local uh, archery coach. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I've never looked for one because I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to look for one. Um, but I'm sure there's resources out there, you know, online, um, that can, that can get with you one-on-one, make sure that they're a traditional archery coach and have them kind of, I mean, even if you take just a few lessons on how to stand and, you know, how my, how my arm is supposed to be, how my shoulder is supposed to be, how my elbow is supposed to be and what the hell is back tension. Okay. Even if you just kind of go through that stuff, that's going to be incredibly beneficial to you. So I know I kind of glossed over a lot of things there, but again, every single one of these things I talked about, I mean, we can talk for hours and hours about each, each you know, individual one of these. So this podcast, again, is, was, was kind of designed to get you past the, um, what do I need to buy now that I've been shooting? I've been shooting for you know, a few months, and then now, you know, what do I need to worry about? Do I need to worry about arrows? How am I shooting? Um, you know, and then what's, what's, what's the next step? Do I really need to be tuning or should I just kind of keep shooting? So I hope this kind of answered, uh, some of those questions It probably opened up a whole lot more questions. And I, like I said, I will dive in, uh, in future podcasts on, on each one of these. We'll probably break some of these down a little bit, especially the, 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 the sighting one, you know, what, what's, what's gap shooting exactly. And how do I do it? What's uh what's a, what's a fixed crawl? How do I do it? What's string walking? How do I exactly do it? We'll go, we'll get, we'll get into, in, into some of that stuff in a little bit more detail, but these are just kind of out there to make you think about, okay, what's the next step and how do I go about getting better? Obviously shoot, shoot, shoot and seek out, seek out advice so that you don't pick up the wrong information and you don't, you don't pick up bad habits that you just have to undo years down the line. So anyway, hope this has been helpful. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Please go check out the, uh, the YouTube channel also called bow hunting soul, come out to the Facebook group, bow hunting soul, and we can discuss some of this stuff and, uh, let me know your thoughts on, um, on your guys' journey whether you're in it right now or thinking about it or you're, you know, 20 years into this thing of uh, how you guys, uh, how you guys shoot and the mistakes you've made and the things that seem to work for you. So uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Go ahead and leave a rating. I hope this, uh, uh, the audio has gotten better on these things. Like I said, I'm learning every time. So um, I, I like honest, honest feedback. You're not going to hurt my feelings and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks.